Today's episode will be the third installment of what life looks like to someone after a life of abuse on their journey to a healthier lifestyle. We will discuss dealing with your emotions after a toxic relationship. Grand Risings family, and welcome back to another episode of the Proactive Eye podcast. I am your host, Elegant Granny. Last week, we discussed what it was like for someone who survived a toxic relationship dealing with their finances. This week will be all about our emotions, how we deal with them, and what we can do to make sure we harness them so we can be successful in life again. Dealing with emotions can be a very delicate situation because you don't always know when, where, or even how you may have offended someone as you triggered them as they are journeying to their recovery. Likewise, you may not understand why you were triggered by someone else's words or activities. Dealing with your own is more than enough to deal with. In an earlier episode in this series, I disclosed how, after leaving my husband and getting checked at the ER, how I gave myself only one week to deal with my emotions so I could move on with my life. I definitely learned some things while processing them. I learned what I wanted, what I didn't want, and what I will and will not accept. Some things I felt were I was very, very happy that I was free. I was also angry that I had to get rid of him. I was very happy about starting some goals and refreshing my life and getting back to how life was before and even better before I was married. I was also very, very angry and wanted to cause him harm. I was angry. and, And this is me being honest about my emotions. I, was, I wanted him to hurt as much as I did, but I also wanted him to heal and be a better person. I also wanted, went through um, some moments where I actually wanted to be with him. And that happened a lot more than the other emotions because that's how much I loved him. Regardless of how much harm he caused me, you can't get rid of your love for someone just that easily, just even when they cause you so much trauma in your life, it's hard getting rid of the love that you have for them. That's something that people don't take in consideration. So that was why I gave myself a whole week to process my emotions. And I'm so glad that I did that because it helped me to be clear of what I wanted and what I did not want. This is one of the benefits of dealing with your emotions coming out of a toxic relationship. It helps you to define or redefine the lines. Things become pretty blurred and often erased when living with your perpetrator. Things you once did or enjoyed, you no longer do or enjoy. Things you would not have even considered, you find yourself engaging in just for the sake of some sense of peace. Because for the most part, That is the main active ingredient missing, peace. Anything or anyone who will cause you to be moved out the space of peace will move you out of anything. I'll say that again. 
anything or anyone who will cause you to be moved out the space of peace will move you out of anything. Here's a scenario. You have the toxic person, the target, and the mediator. What is so mind-blowing is that any of the three can be any of the three at any point in time. For instance, a toxic person can be the perpetrator at home wreaking havoc but be a mediator for someone else outside of the home. A target in the home can also be someone who causes chaos on the job, at school, or in a community setting because that's the only time they feel they are able to express themselves because they certainly can at home. The mediator can also be the perpetrator honing in on potential target for their next escapade if they decide to dip out on the one they are currently abusing. When you're already emotionally high, it can be very confusing, not to mention frustrating, figuring out who really is who in the situation. So the first benefit in processing your emotions is defining or redefining your lines. The second benefit of processing your emotions is being able to control or harness them. This is more successfully done once you've construed your lines. Reason being is it's hard to control what you don't know what it is you need to control. You can do this in a variety of ways like journaling, seeing a therapist, taking a deep breath in and counting. What worked best for me? were affirmations. I did some all these other things, but what my favorite thing was that really helped me were affirmations. Affirmations have so many benefits to them, which can be compiled in another episode. The benefit here I want to reinforce is harnessing your emotions. Affirmations can help with this by becoming the girdle, so to speak, to help you see the beauty in your change. Because you have undergone a great amount of change as you experience your toxic relationship with your perpetrator. You're definitely not who you were at the start of the relationship. You are now on your way to becoming much better than what you were before. And that is to be congratulated. So congratulations to all those who are well on their way to resolving issues caused by traumatic experiences. Affirmations are words said or activities performed emphasizing the great and powerful that you are. Some examples of things that you say, which are some of the words, say, I'm beautiful. You can say, I'm amazing. You can say, I will have a good day. Some activities that are affirming that you can do are take care of your hair, shave your beard, Carefully choose outfits to brighten your mood. Turn on music to dance around the house while cleaning. These are some activities, examples of activities that you can do to affirm yourself. A third benefit of dealing with your emotions is having clarity with what is realistic and what is fantasy. This is something you can discover as you are defining and redefining your lines. You ever have these moments where you realize you're in the midst of a chaotic situation that really has absolutely nothing to do with you? How did you get there? 
Sometimes you become so focused on someone else's situation as the mediator that we haven't realized we have become the toxic one, the perpetrator in our own lives. Yes, it is possible to be the toxic one in your own situation. Tending to the need of others can, can cannot control, excuse me, tending to the needs of others you cannot control in lieu of handling your own situations or while handling your own puts extra responsibility on yourself that wasn't intended to be there. This goes back to defining the lines. How do you know when someone else's business isn't yours? How do you know when someone else's business no longer needs to be yours? How do you know when it is time to let go of the other person's business so you can be more effective with your own? These are all important questions to consider while being realistic with yourself. You know when someone else's business doesn't belong to you to handle. First and foremost, each of us have a responsibility to our own selves to heal or seek help for healing. If you do not know where you can go, you can always ask for help. More physicians' offices are now becoming more resourceful with what you need, even if they are not the providers of what you need. You can ask, and they are able to guide you in the direction you need to go. Another example is someone imposing their fantasy as your reality onto you. This happens more than not. You know the ones who want to railroad you into what they want, not caring how it affects you, your household, your finances, or anything related to your betterment. Their wants are not your reality, only theirs. But it can become a fantasy in your life when you become involved with helping the toxic person achieve what it is they want in their lives without regard to how it is affecting you. This brings more confusion, frustration, and angst to what to you when you do not deal with your emotions especially when you are the fixer in the situation, which is a whole separate episode. What I mean by the fixer is the fixer is someone who goes around whoever their friends are or whoever the people are in their um, in their area or in their space. And whenever there's a problem, they become the ones who take on the responsibility of something that a lot of a lot of times it's not even their responsibility to do. They take on responsibility of that situation and whoever the toxic person in the relationship is or in that situation is, they now have no responsibility for their actions or their words that caused this chaos in the first place. So the fixer now takes on all of these things. They become frustrated and angst and tired and overwhelmed after doing this repeatedly over and over and over again. So this is something that you need to take in consideration. Also ask yourself where you have become the fixer. At the end of the Starting Over series, I'm going to have a list of things you can do as you or those you support begin to start over from a life of abuse. If you are a supporter of those going through, transitioning from, or out of abuse, thank you. You are much appreciated. Feel free to download an episode and grab the free resources provided in the show notes. 
you can visit our blog at bit.ly pediary. That is bit.ly forward slash p-e-d-i-a-r-y. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Proactive Eye is the handle and at Facebook at Proactive Eye Podcast. You can find all links to connect with us and free resources in the show notes. This has been your host, Elegant Granny. Thank you for your support and visit us again. And remember, healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Much love, peace, and light, family. Stay tuned next week as we discuss surviving as a business owner after a life of abuse. Thank you.